Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll be in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 4, verses 1 through 23. We'll also begin a new study of topical teachings on the essentials for a follower of Christ. We'll look at prayer today, seeking, listening, and speaking God. And just like a football game, sometimes we have overtime. This is the third part of this study and the conclusion. And what I love about Nehemiah, there's two things that happen in this verse. He prays and then there's faith and action. They're actually doing something. He prays and then they actually go, well, let's, let's, let's put protection. And so sometimes when we pray for something, there has to be feet of action behind it. There has to be. It's, it's something that, that we need. We need more prayer warriors in the church. And there's no unemployment in the, in, in the church, but one of the biggest needs in the church is prayer. One of the biggest needs probably for your life is prayer. You can do more for this church through prayer than you could by work. Matthew chapter 26, verses 40 and 41, And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you might enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. We just went over this not too long ago, and Peter was supposed to be praying. And what was Peter doing? Asleep. Asleep. And that's where a lot of us are right now. We're asleep. We need to wake up because you're going to fall into temptation. It's like when, when I read these verses, I'm like, you know, I need to, I need to, be, I need to be alert because the enemy's coming. That's why we have the armor of God. It's not in my strength. It's in His. But I better not be asleep at the wheel. Verse 10 in Nehemiah, it said, In Judah it was paid. The strength of those who were bared the burdens is failing. There is too much rubble by our, ourselves. We will not be able to rebuild the wall. So when the enemy comes to ridicule and mock you, and then physically say he's going to come to attack you, what happens to the people? They get discouraged. They get discouraged. You know what? We can get discouraged too. At the end of the day, like when you have to understand, when we, even when I, when I was talking about that incident with my brother, the next day I prayed and I asked God to forgive me. And, and we've had lunch. We've done things together. And at the end of the day, we're really good friends now because of it. But we got to move on. You need to get, get, get back on the horse Get back, like, it's a heart check, meaning I think I was in the flesh when I was serving. I was cleaning the church, doing the radio, I was, and my flesh came out. 
I need to let some stuff go. How was my time in the Word? I started neglecting it because I had more stuff to do. You know, it's, it's those things that, that God is trying to show you. When the enemy comes to attack, to attack you, it's not to discourage you. And, and you know what happens when people get discouraged? They bring other people with them to be discouraged as well. We all, get, we all start feeling down. Oh, man, we're never going to get out of this. That's how America is right now. America's like that right now because they think, well, there's no way we can turn this thing around. What's wrong with y'all? We have God. We have God. It doesn't matter what happens in the White House. We have God. Doesn't matter what happens in Congress or the Senate. We have God. Same with this community. We just had a, a middle school teacher die of a heart attack this past week. Community's hurting right now. Middle school kids are hurting. That, that he was a coach. And they got his funeral this week on Friday. But who's going to get us through it? God. It's God that gets us through it. When you get discouraged, when you are struggling in your faith, you got God. And, and if you've fallen into some sin or something's going on, repent. And, and you have God. Get back up. Get moving. Get back to doing the things you did when you first fell in love with God. Right? We forget that. We know that fear froze Saul in 1 Samuel 17, 11, when Saul and, his, and all of Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Nobody wanted to face Goliath because they were all afraid. It took one little dude, 16 years old, David. It's like, hey, psh, man, we got God. No, I don't need none of that armor. That's how we're supposed to approach our problems. But we're making our problems bigger than who our God is. And if you're doing that, meaning that you can't see past this because that problem's so big, then I'm not sure which God you're, you're worshiping because that's not the God of the Bible. That's why, you know, having, having, having an understanding that, you, that we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. We trust that God's going to take care of it. We seek God. We pray to God. You know what? You, you start asking more people, hey, I need you to pray. I need you to start praying. I need you to start knocking. I need you to start seeking. One of the things I love is like when we, you know, I, I know she didn't love it, but Donna was in the hospital. There was a lot of prayer happening. She was the one having to live through it, but there was a lot of prayer happening. There was prayer happening with the pastors of this community praying for her. There was prayer happening with the pastors in San Antonio praying for her. We were praying as a church for her. Everybody's like, Lord, bring her home. Let her come home. And God hears. And our enemies, in verse 11, said they will not know or see it till we come, uh, come among them and kill them and stop the work. At the time, the Jews who lived near, the, near them uh, came from all directions and said to us, Ten times you must return to us. So what they're doing is there's gossip going around now. A lot of gossip. They're coming to kill you. And they're hearing this ten times, over and over and over and over. And you realize that, that most fears that you have, it never comes to pass. Most things that you worry about never happen. I love in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8, it says, And the officer shall speak further to the people and say, Is there a man who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go back to his house, lest he make the heart of his fellows melt like his own. He's telling them, Hey, look, if you're here with the wrong heart, you got to go home. 
You got to go home. Because what's going to happen is you're going to start infecting everybody else. And they're not going to want to fight. The men are going to be like, oh, no, we can't, we can't win. It's going to be discouragement. And we have to understand that there are real battles in this world that we will face. But that's not what Christians want today. Christians want to be on that, that, that cruise ship that has smooth water. Smooth water. Where your hair doesn't get messed up. Right? No humidity. Everything just stays in place. We want to, we want to be the, 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 the armchair warrior, the theologian from the armchair. We don't actually want to be the one that goes out and shares the gospel. We don't ever want to hear words like, it's terminal, or you have cancer. That's not the Christians that are being raised in the churches today. They have the cruise ship mentality. They want, it, they want the commercialized church. They want the entertaining church. They want the church that it's, what are you going to do for me? What ministry do you have for me? And that's not church. I remember Pastor Skip said it one time. What are you going to do for this church? What is God putting on your heart to do for this church? Because a guy asked, well, what is your church going to do for us? Wrong question. It's the wrong question. You need to understand, I've told you all this many times before, you're on a battleship, and those planes get sent out. And I know most of you all have seen Top Gun by now. Those planes get sent out, and they go out on missions for God. We're in the army of God. And some of us are going to get wounded. Some of us get wounded by sin. And you need to heal up and get back in the game. Some of us are going to be uh, sharing blood and sweat in the foxhole. I've done that with many, many of men that I would do that any day of the week. But it's like, what are we going to do? Are we going to allow fear to keep us from doing the things that we're being called to do? No. When you're, when you're starting to be fearful or have anxiety over something, pray. Pray. So the lowest part of the space, verse 13, behind the wall in the open places, I stationed the people by their clans with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I love that. Nehemiah is like, hey, let's, I, this is what I love about him as a leader. He knows the area. Nehemiah went out at nighttime and looked at the whole wall. And he knows exactly where the weaknesses are, and he knows exactly where he needs to put his people. That's what a leader of God does. And he, he, you have to remember, he has, you know, these variety of different people that weren't even builders, and now they're having to be fighters. They had to be protectors. And there, there's, again, that faith in action. He puts them right into, the, into harm's way, like, let's go. We got to do this. We're going to finish this wall. We got to do this for God. We know in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Have you asked God what the good works he has prepared for you for 2023? Lord, what do you want to do with me in 2023? How do you want to use me? Because it tells me in Scripture that you prepared good works. Show me. Make it real to me what I'm supposed to do. Verse 14, it says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people. This is the highlight this verse. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. 
He's like, direct your attention to God, who is great and awesome. Stop looking at the problem and go to God. Seek God in prayer. Seek God through His Word. Seek God through fellowship. Seek God through counsel. But stop looking at the problem. You're just going to keep getting anxiety over it. And depression and all the other things that come with it. We know that the greatness of God, He's the one who helps us overcome our fears because we fear God, not man. Fear and faith cannot live in the same heart. And that's the problem with our, our church today is they want to be raptured from responsibility. They're sitting in, the, in the, the bomb shelter of the church, never leaving the church, only serving each other in the church, waiting for the rapture. And that's not how this works. Now, we eventually, i got to get with Pastor Joe, but eventually y'all are all going to go on a field trip. You're going to go see the movie Jesus Revolution. You need to because you need to be reminded of what Calvary Chapel did. Calvary Chapel was out in the community. Hey, what are you doing today? Why don't you come to church? Inviting people. Talking to people about God. We've gotten away from what we're supposed to be doing. He's a great and awesome God. And, and, and like when we look at this, we need to understand like there are going to be times when the enemy's coming against you and he's telling you, hey, look, fight for your brothers. Your brothers and sisters, look around. That's who you fight for. And I'll fight for you. At the same time, it's like we need to understand, it's like we, we, we want to serve God. We serve the Lord. You fight for your wives or your wife, right? You fight for your homes. We've gotten away from that. If you're fearful today, Isaiah 41.10 says this, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If you're struggling with fear, you need to write that down today. Isaiah 41.10, and that is a great verse for you to memorize. I'm going to go real quick here because we've gone really long. When our enemies heard that it was known to us uh, that God has uh, frustrated their plan, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. They prayed, and what happens? God frustrates the enemy's plans. They prayed, and God frustrated the enemy's plan. That's important for you to understand. Like, you see prayer at work. Like, they actually prayed, and the enemy's plans are frustrated. You pray, and you seek God, and your marriage will come together because you're seeking God, and you're praying. You pray, and you got, man, I got this guy at work, and we're just butting heads, and, man, I'm going to start praying for him. I want to start, Lord, you let me be there in love. Let me tell you, those conversations come up. And God will frustrate the enemy, and you'll start being able to have some really good conversations with that person and eventually start talking to them about Jesus Christ. But God frustrated their plans. Verse 16, from that day on, half of my servants worked in construction and half held their spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work one hand held his weapon, and, the, uh, and with the other, uh, and with the, other the, the, the rock, the rubble. And so you have this, visual, this uh, picture here that's happening. And, and, and if you read Psalm 18, verses 1 and 2, it says, I love you, uh, O Lord God, my strength. O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. 
and my stronghold. And then you have the Word of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, And taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. They have the rock in one hand and the shield in the other. The great picture for you today is like, is the rock what you're standing on? Jesus. And do I have the Word of God ready to use? Is my, is my sword dull? Is it not even sharp? Can I find my sword? Is it rusty? Right? You may, have a, you may have an awesome sword that looks nice and shiny, but it's not even sharp because you've never used it. How many new Bibles do you see around? And, and they're not even marked up. Everybody has their stuff on tablets and phones now. It's important for us to understand if the world controls your thinking, you're being conformed by the world. But if the Word is controlling your thinking, you're being transformed by the Word of God. The rock in one hand and the shield, the sword in the other. It's a great picture for us. For us for 2023, right? And the only thing I could think of when I was reading this is, man, the next thing I need to do is with the rock in one hand and the shield in the other is fall to my knees and start praying. That's what we need. Verse 18, we'll finish up here. And each of the builders had the sword strapped to his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside him, beside me. And I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread. And we are separated on the wall far from one another in the place where you hear the sound of the trumpet rally to us. There, O oh God, will fight for us. And so they tell them, like, we're, we're spread out. And, 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 and through this, we need to rally. So if they start attacking this end, we'll blow the trumpet. That's where we all meet. And that's where we go. And that's for us too. You know, for us, when somebody's blowing the trumpet of prayer, we need to go to them and pray. We need to be praying for them. When they, when they submit a prayer request in that tide box or online or they do it through our, our, our little prayer thing, that means the trumpet's been blown. We need to come together and pray. We need to come together and pray. Verse 20, uh, 21 says, So we labored at the work, and half of them held their spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. I also said to the people at the time, Let every man and his servant pass the night within Jerusalem, that they may be, uh, may, uh, be a guard for us by night. And they labor by day. So neither I nor my brothers nor my servants nor the men of the guard who followed me, none of us took off our clothes. Each kept this, uh, his weapon at his right hand. Nehemiah is a, a leader that worked beside them. And if you're going to be a leader, you have to be willing to work beside the people that you're leading. You have to be willing. And if that means you have, to, you have to put in that extra time and, and try to figure things out, then you do that. There have been many times, and, and Tony and Court and Wayne, they've done sound and video before, so they all know this. Sometimes we have to come in on a, on a Saturday at a church and try to fix what was, what was not working. We've, done, we've all done that before, probably in other churches, where we've had to do that. Lord knows we've had it. Well, the mic wasn't working this week. I'll meet you at the church at 7 o'clock on Saturday morning, and we'll, we'll fix it. And that's what you do. And that's what we do as servants. But, you know, as Nehemiah led, Nehemiah set in the example. Nehemiah set the example in prayer, right? Nehemiah said, hey, when they're discouraging me, when they're mocking me, when they're ridiculing me, I'm going to God. 
who is great and awesome. Nehemiah, when, the, when fear starts sweeping over the people and they're hearing it ten times, they're coming to kill you. They're coming to kill you. Right? What does Nehemiah do? Let's pray. Let's put people in place. He didn't allow the enemy to, to paralyze them with fear. And one of the things I love about Nehemiah, he was an encourager. He was an encourager, not a discourager. He's like, he's telling them, hey, look, we have the Lord who is great and awesome. Let's, let's stand and fight for our houses, for our wife. I've got to make sure I get that right. Wife. Wife. <laughs> for our wife and for our brothers and sisters, right? We fight for them. And so we need the armor of God. But two of the most misused pieces of the armor of God is sword and prayer. It's prayer and the sword. And so for us, my prayer for you is as we close out in prayer, you know, don't... These teachings, I mean, one of the things that I want from them is, is, is that we work with God. Whatever the Holy Spirit's putting on our heart, that's where the work begins. And, man, it's so easy. Let me tell you, I remember when I wasn't walking with God, it was so easy to point out every one of my wife's problems and her to point out mine. And that's why I always tell you, like, the person you're dealing with is the person in the mirror. That's who God's working with. And, and so... You need to look and, and see what God's trying to show you. That's hard. Let me tell you, man, when, when you're struggling with stuff, it's hard. But, man, I tell you what, God's Word will wash over you and show you. That's why we spend time in God's Word. That's why we spend time listening and in prayer. Like, Lord, help me with this. I don't know. I'm just going to be quiet here, and I need to hear from you. And sit and meditate on what you read. But if we're rushing through i got to get my checklist done. I, oh, I did my chapter. Done. Well, I didn't have time to pray today. It's okay. I'll get to it tomorrow. It, it, it happens. And, and we see it. It affects, it affects us in so many different ways. And, um, man, when I'm not walking right with God, it affects my marriage. My wife will tell you that. If I've neglected my time in the Word, she'll let me. Did you read today? <laughs> The first thing out of her mouth. Where, where did you read today? Did you read the verse today that we had? She'll let me know. Because let me tell you something. Studying is not my time in the Word. I have my time in the Word personally, individually, and then I have my time in the Word with my wife. And then I study to teach. I remember Pastor Joe, everybody, for whatever reason, especially in a big church, everybody's trying to position like it's like I need this promotion or I need this or I'm going to get that title or I'm going to do that. And let me tell you something, Pastor Joe, I remember him telling us one Sunday, you don't want this. Chuck used to tell people when pastors would come into his office and say, I want to plant a church. And he goes, no, you need, to, you need to be a gardener. You need to do something else. And if they wouldn't come back, Chuck would know that wasn't their call. It takes a lot of sacrifice to, to, to say, you know what, I'm going to be in God's word. If it's a relationship that you cherish and you believe that he's the God that shakes mountains, that demons flee, that he is the great I am, how is your walk? It's, it, it is, again, this is, the discipleship is something that, you know, when I, when I was looking at this, is something I believe that, that I can tell you through the time of studying this is something I needed. So I'm not trying to give you something that 
I'm just giving to you and going, well, this is y'all stuff. This is me too. Because I have to learn it before you do. And it's painful. Some, some weeks are painful. You get a chance to, when you read and love your enemy, you get a chance to love your enemy. God gives you the opportunity to apply that application. And that's what we want. But we want to become a church that prays. And so those little books that you have, so I want you to start writing down your prayers. And I, I, look, I, I'm not saying that you need to write every prayer now. But that there's something that's really important on your heart, especially if you've asked me to pray with you, write it down. And let's, let's see when God answers that prayer because God, God's going to either give you a yes or a no or it ain't happening right now. But I tell you what, you'll start seeing God show up in your life through the prayers that are being answered. But we have to start seeking them. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station it's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you and i would say um, make that donation to them i hope that you have a wonderful wonderful day god bless you remember you can find us at calvarydivine.org calvarydivine.org god bless you